Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, if you have your Bible with you. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures and as an introduction to what we're trying to accomplish here in this session, which is entitled Prayer as a Means of Grace. So what does that mean anyway? Well, that's what we're going to try to answer. Prayer as a means of grace. Luke 19, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anything, anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so I guess what I want you to remember here, there's a, lot that, there's a lot that we could talk about here in this passage. The thing that I want you to remember is this. He ran on ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. I want you to remember that part. Now I'll go back to Luke 18. And I'm going to read 35 to 43. Luke 18, 35 to 43. As he drew near to Jericho, talking about Jesus, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And again, there's many things here we could, we could talk about. 
But the part that I want you to remember for today's session is this. That he was sitting by the roadside begging, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth is passing by. And so since he knew Jesus was passing by, he cried out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. So, with that in mind, let's pray. Father God, I, we do come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for your help. I pray for your help in organizing my thoughts. I pray for your help that you would help us to understand what it does. Just give us a glimpse or help us to understand a little better what it does mean when we say prayer as a means of grace. So Lord, guide us and help us and encourage us to pray more. Amen. So, another way of saying prayer is a means of grace. Jonathan Edwards said it this way. And when, when Alan first gave me this, uh, or a, sort of assigned me this session, I guess, uh, this is what it said on the paper. To lay yourself in the way of allurement. That's what he wanted me to do a session on. Now, if you were given that session, (laughs) what would you think? Well, that's kind of the that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like I, I can see some of your faces, like, hmm. What's that? What does that even mean? So let's think about that for a moment. Right, yeah, <clears throat> get a dictionary. Yeah, that's a good idea too. In fact, I asked my wife to get the dictionary out last night. But uh, <clears throat> when, you, when you hear those words, to lay yourself in the way of allurement. Well, okay, I think we understand lay yourself or putting yourself in the path or the way, okay, we, t- we, we have those two scriptures that, that we just read. Zacchaeus put himself in the path or the way of Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. And Bartimaeus put himself, or he was there as Jesus was passing by, and so he was able to cry out. So they both were in the path of Jesus. So we lay, our, lay yourself, or we lay ourselves, in the way of allurement. Now, allurement has some, can have some different connotations, I think, right? I think in our day and age, I'm not sure about, you know, Edwards, but I think I know what he means, but in our day and age, allurement might have maybe a little bit more negative connotations, than positive, I'm not sure. But when, you, when I think of allurement, I'm thinking of, of, you know, trying to trick someone into maybe doing something. You know, you allure them. 
to do something you want them to do. Or I'm not much of a fisherman. Uh, I know Tommy has fished a little bit. Anybody else a fisherman in here? Maybe Tom. Maybe Tom. Maybe you fish the most. Oh, okay. Lily, okay. So what do you use sometimes to fish? A lure. Ah, very good. A lure. So you're trying to get the fish to, to uh, you know, take the hook, right? Because you want to catch them. Well, what about us in prayer? Are we trying to somehow trick God to bless us? Is that the idea? Do you think that's what Edwards meant? I don't think so. I don't think he, he meant that. But I think what he means is that, that we have, as, as Corey said this morning, we have the ear of God. I mean, that's a pretty awesome, pretty awesome thing. I don't think we really think of that very often, or we don't think of it in that way. But we have the ear of God, and, and so why not put ourselves in His path more often? Why don't we put ourselves in His pathway more often? And I think that's the whole idea of, of this session, I guess you could say, is, you know, why don't we pray more? Why don't we pray more? Why don't we put ourselves in the pathway of God? So, that's kind of what we're talking about today. I'm not necessarily talking about uh, uh, practical uh, issues of prayer or, or, or practical ideas, although at the end, if we have time, I would like us to encourage each other with some practicality of, of prayer, maybe sharing what each other does, uh, you know, to, to pray or some, you know, some practical ideas, uh, but, the, but most of the session will not necessarily be about that. It's just kind of under, trying to understand prayer as a means of grace. Now, what does the word means there mean in that sentence? Prayer as a means of grace. So, what does means mean? Well, it means a medium or a method or an instrument used to obtain a result. So are we using prayer to just obtain our results? That's, now, that's a dictionary definition, not necessarily a, a biblical definition. Okay, I want you to understand the difference. Uh, but uh, what does it mean by prayer as a means of grace? Does it mean that we are just merely using prayer as a way or an instrument or a method to get what we want, to get, what we, to get the desired result that we want? And I don't think, I mean, that is a dictionary definition, but I don't think biblically that that would be uh, a correct definition, of course. Because we know what grace is. Or maybe, uh, I hope we we know, but let's remind ourselves what grace is. What is grace? What is grace? It's a gift. Unmerited favor. Yes. Yes. We cannot earn it. We cannot earn God's favor or God's grace. It is beyond our skill or technique. There's no technique that we can, you know, there's no formula for, for earning God's grace or His favor. 
It's not like we're trying to twist His arm to give us what we, what we want, to give us His blessings. And uh, again, let's just remind ourselves of some scriptures that will, uh, that will say that. So I'm going to go to Ephesians. If you want to go there, that's fine. Or you can just write these scriptures down. Or... So Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm just going to start at verse 3. Just, I'm just going to read a, a few verses there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. And it goes on, and I mean, we could read that whole section, but just a reminder that it is not because of our good works, not because of any great people we are, but it's because of His grace that we are even can be even a, a child of God, right? How about uh, Romans 11.6? Romans 11.6, uh, those of you who have been doing the, the readings uh, this year so far, well, you've, you've read all these verses several times, but it's good to be reminded, right? 11.6 says, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Right? So we're not earning anything here. How about 2 Timothy one nine. Let's see here, Second Timothy one nine says this. Well, I'll start in eight. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So, just remembering that, uh, yeah, prayer as a means of grace uh, doesn't mean that we are uh, working for any kind of favor from God or blessings from God or, you know, if we're talking about salvation, we can't work for our salvation. So then why does it seem like such hard work? <laughs> Good question, right? There's a tension there. Uh, so we know that we can't earn God's favor or His grace, and yet we know that we know that we it is a good thing to put ourselves in, in God's path, uh, and it's a good thing that we... Uh, train ourselves or discipline ourselves uh, to grow in grace. Let me get to that page here. Sorry about that. Yeah, my... Okay. It's a good thing that we discipline ourselves. We can train ourselves for godliness. There it is. So we do expend effort. We do exert effort. 
even though we can't earn God's favor or grace, we do expend effort. First uh, Timothy 4, 7, Paul tells Timothy, train yourself for godliness. So we do discipline ourselves for growth. We do take regular actions to get more of God in our mind and in our heart. So how, how yeah, with, the, with that tension, how does all that make sense? Right? We can't earn God's favor or, or his grace or his blessings, but yet there does seem to be a part where we are responsible for working hard. We work out our salvation. We don't work for our salvation as, as uh, Tommy has taught us through the years. We work out our salvation. So how does all that work together? And that's kind of, that's kind of the idea of this session. So I've got some questions. Some questions here. Let me get to that part. Yeah. Organization. Okay. He is the God of all grace. 1 Peter 5.10 says that. That God is the God of all grace. So here's some questions. How was it? And I want you to, as I ask these questions, I want you to try to think back in your life. So, so make it personal. I want you to try to think back in your life some of the circumstances and uh, uh, events that God has brought about in your life as I ask these questions. And as I ask these questions, you'll learn a little bit about me. How is it that an area missionary excuse me. How is it that an area missionary in southeastern Minnesota knocked on a farmhouse near Millville, Minnesota, population of about 100, and asked my mom and dad if they wanted to send their kids to Camp Victory. It's God's grace. How is it that my sister and her husband moved to Texas just a few years before I graduated. And then they were instrumental in sending me college information when I decided to not stay in Minnesota, but I wanted to go south for a longer baseball season. And then someone, uh, yeah, I mean, someone at her, at the church they were attending in Round Rock, Texas, uh, apparently someone there went to Howard Payne University. Oh, okay. How is it that a young man that was just married, that just got married that summer, approached me in the outfield as we were shagging fly balls? Uh, how was it that he invited me to church with he and his wife? It's the grace of God. 
And then later on, he invites me to a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert at Howard Payne. How is it that a desire began to stir up inside of me to follow Christ, to read his word, to pray, and to fellowship with other believers? Those are simple things. Just a desire to, to uh, began to stir up to really get into his word, to pray, to fellowship with other believers. How is it that after two years of not corresponding with that same man who who had invited me to church in that concert, because he graduated two years before I did, so we had not corresponded, I didn't have any idea what he was doing, but how is it that two years after that, after not staying in touch, that same man convinced the administrator of Bay Area Christian School to call me and offer me a job in the summer of 93. It's God's grace. I could go on and on. And I have just given you five or six examples. I've only given you five or six examples of God's grace in my life. Uh, But make it personal for you. Be thinking about you know, God's grace in your life. I have lived a little bit more than 18,980 days. I did the math on that. (laughs) 365 times 52. Yeah. And some of you can, can say more than that, right? But God does not always catch us off guard. I like that little saying. That's, and again, most of my information this morning came from this book. Corey mentioned it, Habits of Grace. Some of you have probably read it, maybe not. If you haven't, I find that it was a very easy book to read, and it is encouraging. It's challenging at the same time. Basically, uh, it talks about three main means of grace. Reading the Word, or hearing, hearing God's voice, that's how they put it, hearing God's voice, which is getting into the Word of God, uh, having God hear our voice, having God hear our voice, which is praying, and then worshiping together, or fellowship, you know, in the body of Christ in the church. So those were the three main parts, but I'm coming from the, of course, uh, my main idea here is to to show what what is what does it mean by prayer as a means of grace but as i said god does not always catch us off guard it's not always in the you know the well there was a song by stephen curtis chapman that's one of my favorites actually it's called waiting for lightning a lot of times we wait for lightning we wait for you know, these big things for God to do. And, you know, he does that some, I mean, he does that many times. He does that sometimes. Sure he does. I mean, we all know, we all read about, about, about those times in the scriptures. But what about the 18,000 other days? Or what, however many days it is, Right? He does not always catch us off guard. He uses his regular 
means or his channels or his means of grace. They are well-worn pathways in which he is pleased to show us his greatness. And one of those is, of course, prayer. One of those is, of course, reading his word, hearing his voice. Also, prayer, which is us, you know, he's able to hear our voice. And then the other one, of course, is fellowshipping with other believers. So that's what we're talking about here. Prayer as a means of grace, not not as us trying to earn God's favor, but just as a way to receive His grace. As a way to receive His grace. Grace has invaded us. Titus 2.11 says this. I will read Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. How about John 1.14? And again, you don't have to go there. You can write these scriptures down. These will be kind of under the idea that, that grace has invaded us. Well, you can figure out. I think, who that is really talking about. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And 16 says, For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses... But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace has invaded us. In other words, Jesus has invaded us, if indeed we're believers. I mean, think about that idea. He's invaded us. He's the one that has uh, initiated the relationship. It's not like we have, right? I, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have had that desire, that desire I talked about, if, if indeed he would not have put it in me by his grace. So it's all by grace. By grace we believe, by grace we receive. Or, you know, we even cry out or we even repent and believe. It's by grace. Grace justifies, makes us right with God. Grace sanctifies, makes us holy. Grace will glorify, right? Uh, But then how is it that we still grow in grace? Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's kind of the hard thing about the Christian life, I think, right? It's difficult. I mean, we're already, I mean, we're justified. We're already sanctified. We are sanctified and made holy, but yet we continue to be sanctified. And that's kind of hard for our, I don't know about you, that's hard for my mind to grasp, to take in, to understand. But uh, that's how God uh, has uh, set it forth before us in His Word. So we'll go with it. So we, we are sanctified, we are made holy, but yet we still can grow. We grow in grace. Look at 2 Peter 3.18. 
2 Peter 3.18 But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So we, we are we're commanded to grow. Even though, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a sense in which we're already sanctified, but again, there's a sense in which we're still being sanctified. The, uh, what is it, already but not yet idea, right? The already but not yet idea. But uh, remember that grace is too strong. This is, this is encouraging to me. Grace is too strong to leave us just passive. We can't just wait around and wait for that lightning. You know, we're waiting for lightning. A sign that it's time for a change. No, we, it's too, grace is too strong to just leave us sitting around and passive. It's too strong to let's just let us wallow in our sin. To feel sorry for ourselves. Or to feel discouraged. No. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. When did he say that? 2 Corinthians 12.9. When Paul is dealing with the thorn in his flesh, right? My grace is sufficient for you. So it is the grace of God. It is the grace of God that gives us His means of grace. That's kind of a hard sentence. It is the grace of God that gives us His means of grace. So we persevere and we do grow and it's all for joy. We should have joy in doing this. If we don't find any joy in this, well, yeah, maybe we need to check, you know, maybe we need to check our our minds and hearts on this because we're supposed to, Enjoy God. We're supposed to enjoy Christ. We're supposed to enjoy this Christian life. And if we're not, uh, of course, that's... Uh, I've never read, actually, Desiring God by John Piper. I've, I've planned to, but yeah, I've never, never done it. But I think that's his whole idea of that book, is to enjoy God, to enjoy Christ, to enjoy the Christian life. And if we're not finding it, because we see... J- that idea, joy, over and over in the Scriptures, right? So, the grace of God inspires and empowers these various habits that we, that we do practice. I mean, it, is, it does take practice. To read the Word of God takes some practice. We, we, should be, we should be in His Word, right? To pray takes some practice. To fellowship with other believers, to you know, to be a servant in the church, to serve one another, take some practice. So all these things do take practice, and you know, I mean that that there's the connotation there of hard work. So maybe I don't know, maybe it's just our culture that fights against us for this idea of hard work. You know, we always want to get the easy way out some somehow, right? Because we live in such a entertainment-based culture. We just want to sit back and be passive and be entertained. But it does take hard work and practice for these things. 
So all these things, we are chosen before time. We are called with effect. We are united to Jesus in faith and repentance. We are adopted. We are forgiven. We're justified, sanctified, glorified. All of that is of grace. Not, it's not, we're, we're not earning it. We're not earning it. We can't make the favor of God flow. We can't make it flow. Right? But he has given to us these, these ways or these means or pathways to experience his grace. So that's the idea uh, that I'm, I guess that's the main idea that I'm trying to bring forth today. That we can't make God bless us or give us grace. I mean, of course, he already wants to give it to us. But we just, we put ourselves in, in his path so that we can experience his grace. All right? So there is a fight involved. We fight for, the, for joy in him. We fight for growth. We ready ourselves. So there's no final list of <clears throat> means of grace, these pathways of grace. Corey mentioned some in his uh, talk. Let's see, I wrote them down here. That's the wrong, that's the wrong one. He mentioned some of these uh, reading and uh, hearing, worshiping, the Lord's Supper he mentioned. Those are all uh, many times called means of grace or ways or pathways that God can show us or give us his grace. Right? <clears throat> but again, like, like I said, this book, uh, this book right here is focus on, focusing on the three basics. Reading the word, praying, and then fellowship. In other words, hearing God, having his ear, and then belonging to his body. Well, let's look at Acts 2.42. Are those ideas really scriptural? Or are they really from Scripture? Well, I think if we read Acts 2.42, we'll see that it is. So we want to make sure that we're not just coming up with good ideas from, our, from ourselves. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves, these are the early believers, the early Christians, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, well, that would be the Word of God. The fellowship, there's fellowship belonging to his body, the church, right? To the breaking of bread and the prayers. So breaking bread, some would say that's fellowship, and others would point to the Lord's Supper there. Well, either way, it's means of grace and then prayers. So yes, these ideas are uh, confirmed or, you know, they're taken from Scripture. They're taken from Scripture. But how about some other ideas about how we expend, uh, we, uh, we do need to put out the effort. 1 Corinthians 15.10. So how does all that work together? Well, I'm not sure that I can just explain all the intricacies of how that works together, but I know, as, uh, as I read one time, 
uh, about uh, salvation and, and man's responsibility. Now, this is, this is in salvation, not necessarily in prayer, but I think that the, the idea is there. God is responsible for our salvation. And I can leave it at that. But we're, we are responsible for our sin. So, yeah, there's a tension there in prayer, too. I mean, God's sovereign. He knows everything, so then why do we have to work so hard to, to pray? But really, it, it shouldn't be seen as, as hard work, right? It should be seen that we are in a, in a relationship with, with the creator of the earth. So we should see it that way. And that should help us, or that should cause us to work hard. Because it's not, uh, it's not that we're trying to earn anything. He's already given it to us. So we're, we're striving with his energy, as Colossians 1.29 says. Right? Paul said that he, that he strives and he works with all his energy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.10, what does that say? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. And what does Paul say here? On the contrary, he didn't just sit back and just wait for God's grace or you know, somehow just be passive. No, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. He says, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Yeah, it seems like there's a tension there. I worked hard, but it really wasn't me. It was the grace of God working through me. Right? So that's just how we need to be. We're tired. We're, you know, we need, when we're tired, when we're discouraged, all of those things, just we, we pray for His grace. We keep working hard, but it's not us who's doing it. It's His energy. It's His power that works in us and through us. So that's just an attitude that I think we need to, to, to set ourselves on. Okay? Questions, comments? I've already referenced that we work out our uh, we work out our salvation. We don't work for it, right? So, what is the way to receive the gift of God's uh, empowering actions? Well, it's to do the actions. I mean, yeah, and we're not, and just reminding ourselves that we're not doing it to earn His grace or favor. We're doing it because. Oh, we should be doing it because we love him. We're thankful to him for what he's done for us. And, uh, yeah, he gives us the desire. So we put ourselves in, in God's pathway, just like Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus did. They put themselves where Jesus was passing by. But where is Jesus passing by? Well, for us, it's everywhere we go, right? Everywhere we go. So we can call out to Him, we can cry out to Him anywhere, anytime. Right? So they stationed themselves along the pathway. 
where Jesus might be passing by and might give his blessing. Well, that's what we need to do. So, is it good for us to take, is it good for us then to have a regular uh, plan to, uh, to do that then? Is it good for us to have a regular time and place? Or will that just make it tedious, so then we shouldn't do that? I mean, it's, yeah, it's a good question, right? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's good for us to have a regular time and place. I mean, we don't really know. I mean, we don't really have a record of Jesus' prayer journal, per se. I mean, we see that he went and, and uh, went to desolate places, went to the mountain many times. Did he have a regular time? And I mean, was that planned out regularly in his mind? It doesn't really tell us, but, but I think it's okay for us to plan out a regular time and place. But then also, I think it's good for us to be spontaneous on it. It's good for both, right? So there's not really a set formula, although it can be good for us to, to do that. It's good for, to pray by ourselves, in the closet. I think that's what Dennis was going to be talking about. But it's also good for us to pray with others. So not always pray by yourself, but let's do both. Uh, yeah, so, so those things are good. Uh, so, with that in mind, what is the end game or the end goal of all of this? Yeah, pray without ceasing. I mean, Corey kind of, kind of, kind of said a, a few things that I was going to say, and actually, I was going to, I was going to actually sing in my session, but Rick already took all my songs, so we'll, <laughs> so we'll just go with uh, let's share. <laughs> no, it's it's good, it's good. So uh, yeah, our our goal is not to be a skilled Bible reader, so that you can answer all the. The question, so you can win Bible trivia, right? Which I'm, I, I would be tempted to do, actually. I mean, I because I like to win games. Uh, but yeah, that's not our goal. Our goal is not to be a practiced prayer, like a you know, for where everybody asks you to to pray. You know, it's not your. Our goal is not to be the one that everybody asks to pray, like when you're with someone. It's not just to be a good churchgoer, although we should be good churchgoers, don't get me wrong, we should be serving, but our goal is not just to be a good churchgoer, right? Our goal is to know Christ. As Corey has already said, our, our goal is God, to know Him better, to know Christ better. And that's what it should be, and if that's not... It's, if that's not in your mind or in your heart as a goal, then yeah, we need to reevaluate. We need to reevaluate. So, yeah, and Corey already kind of talked about what is prayer. So I'm not going to uh, repeat those ideas. Uh, but I will say this uh, remembering that God is holy, right? God is holy. So that's why we adore Him. So we should want to praise Him and worship Him and adore Him. He's merciful. He's merciful. So we confess to Him. We confess to Him. He's gracious. 
So we thank him for that. He is loving and caring. We know that he's loving and caring. So that so now we can, uh, many things that we ask for ourselves, we can also ask for others. We can pray for others that we don't even know. Paul prays for people that he doesn't even know in the scriptures. I think Tommy's going to teach on that later today, a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, there's not a particular formula. All we are told here, I mean, many of, the, many of the things that we're told is to be constant in prayer, to continue steadfastly in prayer, to pray without ceasing, to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So we're told those things. We're, we're not necessarily told a formula, although Jesus did teach the disciples the Lord's Prayer, which is, which is a good outline for prayer too, right? But it's just an orientation of life. It's an orientation of our life. It's not just a rigid duty. We should want to pray. And we should be caring about, you know, I think it's actually a good thing. I know Corey said he's never met someone that says, I I pray too much. Well, that's true. I never have either. But in one hand, it's good for us to admit our prayer life is not, is not so great. It needs to be better. But on the other hand, uh, we can't just wallow in that. You know, hey, if we need to, let's, let's plan it out. One of the things that changed my life was going to a prayer seminar. Uh, I think it was my sophomore year in college. It was really good, and, it, and, and I committed to pray 30 minutes a day. Just 30 minutes. But it changed my life because I, I, I stuck to it. I stuck to it. I stuck to it until, well, yeah, I tried to stick to it. And, and yeah, now it's harder, right? Just 30 minutes, though. You think about it, 30 minutes, and it's like, I'm ashamed that I can't even do 30 minutes. So, yeah, maybe we do need to plan it out. But the whole idea is... And here I just wrote this down today as Corey was talking. I think we just need to have more of the attitude of, uh, especially when we're dealing with our situations with ourselves, we need to have more of the attitude of, of Jesus when he said, take this cup from me, but don't leave it there. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We just need more of that attitude just needs to be more of an orientation of our life. So he wants to hear us. I was going to read Matthew 26, 36 to 46, but Corey mentioned it. You know, when he was in the garden and prayed that, and then the disciples fell asleep. Can't you, can't you stay up one hour with me? Pray that you won't fall into temptation. So all of this is possible. Why? It's because of God's grace, because of the work of Christ. He intercedes for us. So, knowing all of these things, uh, that's what, uh, I don't know if I've helped you with uh, understanding the means of God's grace, but again, it's not the idea that we're coming to God and trying to earn His favor or earn His, His, His grace, but we already have it. And so, since we already have it, Hey, let's spend time with with our Savior. Let's spend time with our God, the creator of all the earth. So it should hopefully give us a desire to do that. 
And then hopefully if we get that desire, we can, we can work out those, that regular time and place. And also be spontaneous. We can work out praying by ourselves and also with others. So, we have his ear, as Corey said. We have his ear. Let's pray more. So, does anybody have maybe ideas? We only have, well, we really only have five minutes. Does anybody have ideas or things they do to encourage others here to pray? Or um, I, I do have a quiet time in the morning by myself. But I also have those missionary cards in my kitchen window. Okay. And so the other day I was praying for the missionaries, and I know the house leads. Mm-hmm. We know the house leads, and we've sure. had them in our home, but, I mean, it's been a decade. And so I was thinking of Kelly, and it's just really on my heart. So I emailed her, and I just said, I'm praying for you today, and specifically, is there anything that I need to pray for? And she answered me. Well, and she said yes, and she told me what it was, and so I wrote back to her. And anyway, I just thought that was so neat that yeah. God put her on my heart, and she said yes. Would you pray for this? And so, and then I responded and told her, I know what that's like, and, and I don't know. I just yeah. think it matters that you can get reminders because we forget. Yes. And just put reminders in your pathway where you know you will be to pray for a certain person uh, on your refrigerator. As women, we know where we are most of the time during the day. If you're at work and you have a desk, we'll stick something there. It can be anybody. It's good. Another example of, of God's grace, right? In, in our lives. It's good. Martin, you had something? Or a question? or Not necessarily uh, anything practical to help. Okay. Just, uh, just thinking through as I've been we've, we've been thinking about this prayer seminar and uh, the theme of prayer. And like you were saying, the means that, uh, that it is the way God has designed man in this way that we ought to commune with him. Adam communed with him at the beginning that was altered. Now we have this privilege, privilege reestablished with God uh, that is even greater than what Adam had. Um, and it's not as though we're teaching God anything through our prayers. Um, and the fact, or that that negates why it does matter, but that um, Jesus did it, modeled it for us. He prays for us. Um, he has perfect communion with God as we're uh, learning about in John 17. And so just experiencing that fellowship, that communion with all the saints from all time, um, having that understanding of what we're actually participating in prayer. It's not just one-on-one with God, though it is one-on-one. It is intimate. And uh, we do consider others and, and uh, think of others uh, but it is just so many more others. Uh, and there's people that are thinking of us that we have no idea are actually doing that. Um, that I think makes prayer all the more alluring uh, for us. That's good. Well, I want to end on time. So you go ahead. One more, Lily. Go ahead. 
No, go ahead. Uh, just if anybody has any kind of um, ideas, or I, I, um, I encounter a lot of, I have a lack of words. I don't, so my prayers can be short. And does anybody have any ideas or what? Was that Valley Collection of Prayers and Prayers? And I find their prayers are often what I need. I use their words. Also, if you go through uh, Psalms, um, rearrange the words on how it pertains to you and what's going on in on your life instead of exactly word for word for the Psalms. There's a book about you through the Psalms as well, and, and that helps. Just a verse at a time. So I wouldn't use the Yeah. And I can also encourage you. I think. Go to Tommy's session later. He's going to be talking about prayers. Of, someone else is doing the psalms. Okay, someone else. Okay, there you go. So, who's doing the psalms? Somebody else is doing the psalms today, and Tommy's doing prayers of Paul, right? Uh, Rusty. Rusty. You're doing prayers of Paul? I'm doing praying of Paul. Yeah, so, so that may encourage you and give you some ideas as well. So, yeah. yeah, Jesus says pray like this, and then you have the Lord's Prayer. It doesn't say pray the Lord's Prayer. But right, pray uh, like this. I, I, I learned to our every word. I mean, our Father, we're part of a whole group. Mm-hmm. Our Father, there's the object. Who's in heaven, he's in glory. We're seated with him at the right hand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you pray that way. Uh, yeah. And then come the requests. So that's a great question, and, and yeah, I would encourage you to really learn how to, uh, I mean, we're all still learning, but learn how to uh, relate this right here, God's Word, and that will give us the words to pray. And thanking that you can approach His throne to pray. That's how yeah. I always start. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Father, thank you for allowing me to come to you. Yeah. To pray. All right, well, let's pray so we can try to be on time. Uh, Father God, once again, we do come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that, that leads and guides us and gives us desires to, to, to talk with you, to be with you, to commune with you. Lord, we pray that you would give us more and more of a desire to, to, to be with you, to pray to you. Uh, not because it gains us or, or gains us any kind of favor or, or blessing, but just because we want more of you. We want to, be, we want to know you more. The Lord, help us. Amen.